Greetings once again, dear listeners, to Friend of the Family. Today we open not with the Belfords, but with a group of strange hooded figures. They meet in the dead of night, the witching hour, deep in the woods, miles from the neon lights of the city, performing dreaded, unnatural rituals. What is their strange purpose? What is the point of this clandestine meeting? And how malicious is their intent? Nobody pushed you, Ivan. You just fell down. Well, the ambience was nice while it lasted. Quit ruining the mood. My point exactly. How much longer is this going to take? I have a big test in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Is piercing death's veil and violating the natural law and interfering with your beauty sleep? Like that'll help. Stop being such a scruffy nerve herder. Can we focus? Yeah, I want to get this over with. This robe is kind of itchy. You aren't... you aren't naked under it, are you? Will we... not supposed to be? Guys, focus! We bringing Dexter back tonight or not? Dexter? That sounds... vaguely familiar. As the ritual continues, clouds form overhead, all reading from a dusty and warm D&D manual. The wind whips around them in a frenzy. From a cloth sack brought with them, there are the sounds of muscles reforming and bones snapping into place. Then, there is the gasp of light. (laughs) Oh no, oh no, 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 no. Oh yes! Right, that little bastard can hear me now. So let us depart from this and move forward a few days and a few miles to the Belford Mansion, where we find Asmodeus, Alice, and young Wilhelmina playing a board game. Or at least attempting to. Asmodeus, you got the go-to-jail card. Go to jail. Nonsense, I am a vampire. I use my superior strength to break out of the cell. Technically, in this game, you're a little doggy. Who happens to be an all-powerful immortal vampire? You are not a vampire in the game! Do the rules say that the doggy is not an all-powerful immortal vampire? No, but- Well, there you have it. Well, fine. Then my piece is also a hunter. You are a shoe. A shoe who is a hunter, who is going to stake your doggy vampire ass. That's not really in the spirit of Monopoly. What the devil is the spirit of Monopoly? Fighting over the game. Well, I mean, I mean, that was what we were doing. Yeah, but fighting over real estate specifically. I'm beginning to see why Lawrence likes this game. Alice! Admodius! Get in here now! Speak of the devil. Sorry, kiddo. Sounds like there's another mission. That's okay. This game is kind of dumb anyway. Why does Thimble even want to own a railroad anyway? Alice and Asmodeus come upon a frazzled Lawrence Belford, practically wearing a groove into the rug in his office. There you are. Are you okay, Uncle Lawrence? Yes, you're looking a bit worse than usual. Look at this paper! Third annual dog show is Bow Wow Wonderful. Page two. Uh, local teen found alive in the woods. Hmm. Ugly little fucker. Shit, that's Salgar. Who? That necromancer guy? Terrorized a high school? Kidnapped Laurel? Not ringing any bells. You let her and that guy friend of hers die? I do that a lot. You're gonna have to narrow it down. Ahem. This is a big problem. Is it? I mean, I killed him before. You mean I killed him. Oh, now you remember. 
if you truly killed him before... I did. Then that can only mean that he's become a lich. Lick. Who pronounces it lick? Educated people. As a lich, he has died and come back from the other side. Yes, that is how that works. That means his powers have increased at least tenfold. And that's bad. I mean, he was a pretty big weenie in life. At 15, he mastered necromancy to the point where he was able to maintain a dozen zombies at a time. That alone takes serious spellcasting power. With his newfound abilities, who knows what sort of evil he's plotting? Just as Lawrence spoke, there was a sharp clap of thunder, despite the fact that it had previously been a bright, sunny day. Must be a summer rain shower. The skies darkened rapidly as quickly formed dark clouds hid the sun, casting the sky into near nighttime darkness. Okay, that's probably bad. I don't know, I find it quite pleasant. Whatever he's planning, it would seem that he's gotten started. Leave now. I've chartered you a plane! It wasn't long before Alice and Asmodeus found themselves on a small private plane, heading back to the location of one of Alice's first adventures. Although Zalgar's hometown was a state away, the two of them could see the dark clouds stretching outward, seemingly forever. Alice shifted in her seat, nervously. This is really bad. Worse than I thought. Stop being a child. A little cloud cover never hurt anyone. Not like the sun. Sunstroke, cancer, uneven tan lines. Someone should really get rid of the damn thing. Uncle Lawrence is really freaked out. He paid for a plane trip? A private flight? This is big. Ah, somebody probably owed him a favor. I doubt he spent a penny. This is Zalgar we're talking about here, the second lowest point of my career, other than working with you, naturally. Naturally. Like you're so much fun to work with. Without me, you would not have a career. But my point is, this is Zalgar. There is nothing to worry about. Things will be fine. Things were not, in fact, fine. Oh, fuck off. As a matter of fact, Zalgar was in the middle of summoning a great ancient evil. A spell so powerful that once completed, would place the most powerful creature on the physical plane under his control. Oh. I cannot help but feel you should have mentioned that before. Mentioned what? before. Nothing, nothing of importance. What did the voice guy say? Do not worry about it. Asmodeus, I command you to tell me what the voice guy said. <sighs> Just something about Zalgar attempting to gain control of the most powerful being on Earth. Oh, fuck. You asked. Alice's reaction is not unwarranted. A narcissistic necromancer is bad enough on his own, but one must shudder to imagine the destruction he could cause with such a servant. Quickly descending from the plane after landing, Alice and Asmodeus make their way to the last known whereabouts of the teenage Lich. Lick. I don't do your job, do I? As if you could. Alright, for that, let's cut ahead to when they discover the lair of Zalgar. Ow, my head. How do we even get here? Are you kidding me? We just spent two hours researching ley lines in town to find the exact spot where he would have to draw power from. Do not blame me, it is the big fat stupid head's fault. So easy to blame the guy that only you can hear. But let us move on. The duo had tracked Zalgar to what turned out to be his childhood home, 
a rather dilapidated piece of architecture that had certainly seen better days. Is this where the boy became Lich grew up? You almost have to feel sorry for him. I most certainly do not. Also, Lick. Oh my god, shut up! How are we supposed to sneak up on Zalgar if you keep arguing with the voice guy? With Alice's admonishments, the doors to the rundown home ominously creaked open, as if to beckon them inside. Might be a little late for that. Shit. Well, at least we don't have to figure out how to get you inside now. That's the spirit. I always appreciate a little optimism before death. Shut up. Seriously? Alice and Asmodeus crept quietly into the building. Alice was tense, her ears strained to hear the slightest of sounds. At the moment, she only heard the soft sighs of her own breath. Asmodeus silent beside her. Going deeper into the dwelling, she started to hear muffled cries beneath her. I think Zalgar has people tied up in the basement. He's really hitting every creep stereotype, isn't he? If he has people down there, we have to be quick about it. Let's go! Stealthily, they made their way down to the basement. As they descended the stairs, the muffled cries grew louder, although no more intelligible. At the bottom of the stairs, there was another door. Alice gave Asmodeus a quick nod before bursting through. Before her, there were four teenage boys, tied to pillars, wriggling desperately to escape their bonds. In the center of the room, there sat Zalgar in an old office chair. At the sound of Alice splitting through the wood, he turned, grinning maniacally, stroking a small furry animal in his lap. Let them go, Zalgar! Ah, Alice Belford, Asmodeus, I have been looking forward to this day. I never deigned to introduce myself to you. No, and that was very rude of you. But now that I have become a lich... I have learned many things. Lick. Uh, as an actual lich? I believe I know how to pronounce it correctly. As you are an actual loser, I do not think you do. Silence! You are both here at my desire. Bullshit. Get him, Asmodeus. I can't. Why the hell not? You're already in the house. Oh, but I've sublet the basement. And your vampire is not welcome here. This has gotten very tiring very quickly. <laughs> well, that's not going to stop me. I can still kill you. Or he can kill you. Actually, that rather is a win-win for me. Ah, uh, Alice, you poor, sad fool. You may have caught me off guard last time, but... <laughs> Quick as a flash, Alice bolted into the room and launched herself at Zalgar, punching him right in the jaw. Nice one! Due to the nature of him being undead, Zalgar's jaw was dislocated. He was knocked to the floor. He turned to gape at her, his eyes full of fury and tears. If you think that was rude, wait until you get a load of this. Kicking a man while he's down, literally, Alice began to inflict all sorts of violence upon the helpless villain. As satisfying as it should have been, Alice found the experience off-putting. Since Zalgar was, again, undead, the skin gave way too easily, the bones snapped too quickly, and Alice found herself having to fight back nausea as she kicked the teenager into a bloody pulp. When she was satisfied that Zalgar had stopped moving, she set about to free his prisoners. She made her way to a small boy on the left, and undid his gag. Are you okay? My name is Alice, and I'm going to get you out of here. No, I'm not okay! One of my best friends turned into a lich! 
Lick. Not the fucking time! Dexter is a lich! A lich! A lich! Yeah, I know. Asmodeus is just being loud and wrong. No, dummy! He's a lich! That means he can't be killed unless you destroy the phylactery! <laughs> Alice turned slowly, and sure enough, Zalgar was rising as he was reforming. Snapping his jaw back into place, he stared at her wild-eyed. Is that all you've got? Well, now it's my turn. Zalgar raised his right arm in a gesture, hand clasped like a claw, pointing toward the sky. From the dirt floor came up skeletons and half-rotted beings. But not humans, dear listeners. No, they were former pets and wild animals. No doubt the victims of Zalgar from his childhood. Eh, everybody's gotta have a hobby. Daunted, Alice took a step back, but all too quickly the corpses were upon her. She dispatched them as quickly as she could, but they had served their purpose distracting Alice long enough for Zalgar to gather his components for the ritual. That was fun, but as entertaining as it has been to watch you struggle, it's now time to begin the ritual. Alice watched in horror as Zalgar began chanting. Something began to take shape in the middle of the summoning circle in the centre of the room. Even Asmodeus was a little uneasy. What were they about to face? Some powerful demon? Perhaps even the devil himself? So this place makes the best gluten-free organic pizza. Where am I? It can't be. Yog Ripoff? The elder horror turned to face Alice as his expression went from confusion to recognition. A smile, or the closest approximation to it, spread across his face. Oh, are you two acquainted? Excellent. You shall make my revenge all the sweeter. What is the odd-looking boy talking about? Silence, abomination! By the ritual of Snoo, I have summoned thee. I hold the talisman of power, and I have brought forth the sacrifices. You are under my command. Wow. Going Crazy old school in here. Listen, kid. I am Zalgar, master of death, and yours as well. You are my servant. At Zalgar's chanting, Yog Ripoff stiffened. All his tentacles stopped mid-wriggle. Alice watched despairingly as his dopey grin turned into a snarl. His hippie glasses dropped to the floor revealing unpupiled pits of dark red. Yes! Yes, my minion! <laughs> I am from the deepest pit of despair of which there is no escape, where the only sound is your mind's endless screaming as it collapses upon itself. Despair is your only companion, but even it shall abandon you as you slip into nothingness. Shit. Shit, shit, shit! The world is mine! Now you shall suffer, as I have suffered. The only things you suffer from are your own shortcomings and personal hygiene. Your bidding is my doing, O oh exalted one. Yog Ripoff's tentacles writhed as he set out to do his master's bidding. He grasped at the nearest victim, 
the doomed youth known as Jack Kempner. No, this isn't fair. I just wanted my monster manual back. Don't eat me! The boy's cries fell on deaf ears as Yogg Ripoff tore the pillar from the ceiling. <laughs> Unfortunately, it would appear that it was a support beam. You fool! Destroy him, not the house! Asmodeus, the ceiling collapsed on the doorway! So I ducked in time. No, you idiot! You can enter the room now! Ah, right. Goodie. Alice charged at Yogg Ripoff. Jack cried helplessly as Yogg Ripoff dangled him over his gaping maw. Yogg Ripoff, let him go! The abomination batted the hunter away as carelessly as one might swat at a fly. There was a brilliant flash of light where the boy's terrified form was outlined and then vanished. Jank Kempner was gone. That's one down. Yogi, no! Yogi, yes! I wish he wouldn't do that. I may do as I please. I have the power now. Technically, he has the power. And I have him! Same difference. Asmodeus, you have to stop him from getting any more of the geeks. I'll take down Zalgar. Because you were doing so well with that before. How about I fight the loser teenager and you take on the interdimensional being? Asmodeus! Fine! As Alice made her way over to Zalgar, Asmodeus sized up Yogg Ripoff. Sorry, Squidface, nothing personal. But the sooner you go down, the sooner I can go back to daytime television. The emptiness of your words echoes the emptiness of your soul. Asmodeus tackled Yogg Ripoff and tore at his flesh, but no matter how furiously he attacked, Yogg Ripoff did not slow down. Alice was experiencing similar difficulties with Zalgar. No matter how hard they were kicked, punched and clawed, both monsters' flesh stitched together seemingly more rapidly each time. Alice, he's got another one. The little runt that you were talking to before. Damn it, Asmodeus! Stop him! What the hell do you think I am doing over here, ballet? Face it, Alice. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Wait, there's one thing. Alice quickly grabbed the Bavarian battle-axe from her back and neatly sliced Zalgar's head off. She knew this wouldn't end him, but it might buy her a little time. She dashed over to one of the remaining victims and tore off his gag. We don't have much time. Where's his phylactery? The D4. What? His D4 die. English! The die that looks like a pyramid. It has four sides. Oh, okay. You see in tabletop games, you call each die by the number of sides it has. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm caught up now. So you have D4s, D6s, D8s. Yes, thank you. You use different dice for different roles. For example, D4s are usually used for- ah! Sorry, coming through. Alice watched Asmodeus fly by her as he was hanging onto one of Yogg Ripoff's many tentacles. Both were helpless to save Ben Stone, who had disappeared in a flash of light, as had two of his other friends. Ben Stone and Ivan Wrinkler were gone. Thanks for keeping track. Desperate to save the remaining sacrifice, Alice set out to destroy the phylactery in the hopes that once Zalgar was destroyed, Yogg Ripoff would be free. She instantly saw what Ben Stone had been talking about, a pyramid die, purple in colour, amongst other dice of various shapes in a box by Zalgar's throne. She grabbed at the box but felt a claw-like hand grasp her arm. It seemed Zalgar had found his head. Ah, uh, uh, uh. naughty girl. I think you'll be so much more agreeable once I kill you. Zalgar pulled a knife from under his cloak, but before he could stab Alice, Asmodeus was by her side, taking the hit for her. Ow. I had that under control. Clearly not. 
Alas, with the two of them preoccupied, there was nothing to stop Yogg Ripoff for going after the remaining sacrifice. Kevin was still gagged, but let's listen in on his last thoughts before he disappears. Man, this sucks. Not poetic, dear listeners, but accurate. Yay, another successful mission thanks to you. Shit, those poor guys. Excellent work, my minion. Now, finish those two off. What? Kill them! Toying with them has been fun, but now it's time to destroy them and begin my ascension to power. I want them ripped limb from limb. No way, Jose. Well, that seems like an unlikely turn of events. You are under my command! You have to do what I say! Kill them! Okay, it was fun pretending at first, but you're getting way too intense with this. Chill out, dude. Pretending? I have completed the ritual! You will do as I say! Well, isn't somebody being a cranky pants? Fine, I'll deal with you later. I'll kill these two myself. I don't think so, Alejandro. The eldritch creation pinned Zalgar under a mass of tentacles. Alice tossed the D4 to Yogg Ripoff. Quick, this is the only thing that will destroy him for good. Yogg Ripoff nodded. With embarrassingly little effort, he crushed the D4 into a fine powder. With a pained scream, Zalgar cried out and was no more. Wow, that got way too intense. My bad. I think I took the game way too far. You mean it wasn't real? You weren't under his control? Oh, of course not. I'm sorry, guys. I thought it was just for play-play. If I knew you guys were for realsy, I would have dropped the act. The fact that we were fighting you full force was not a clue. That was full force? Maybe we should come up with a safe word. We do not need a safe word! So you killed those guys for fun? What guys? Nerd Club. Oh, you mean the sacrifices? I didn't kill them. They've just been teleported to the extra-dimensional lair I set up. I got the idea from an obscure British sci-fi show. You probably haven't heard of it. Please, that is hardly obscure. What are you two talking about? Okay, probably not her. Yo, Gripoff, you really didn't kill any of them? That would be, like, way too cliché. Besides, they seem like pretty cool dudes. I figured since they were into the classics, they might be interested in a little campaign I've been wanting to run for a while. So, they're fine? Totes my goats. I'll plop them back home when we're done. Why, I guess that'll be okay. It was totally sweet running into you guys again. We should totally do lunch. But I better get going. And with that, the Eldritch Abomination, complete with role-playing guide and tentacle, disappeared into a flash of light. Alice and Asmodeus shrugged at each other. Later on, back at the mansion, Alice was recounting the adventure to her little sister, Wilhelmina. So, Yogiar was never under Thalgard's control at all? He was just pretending the whole time? Seems that way. It's weird, but it kind of worked out that he was the most powerful creation on Earth. If it had been some demon, that would have been under Zalgar's control. That's what I don't get. What do you mean? Zalgar couldn't control Yogi because he isn't from here, right? Right. Well, the first time you met him, you let him go because he promised not to hurt people and he had to keep his promise, right? Right. 
So, if the rules don't apply to him, doesn't that mean he can break his promise? No! Because... No, I... I mean, shoot. A bit of a clerical oversight on Alice's part. But what of your grip-off and his new companions? Let me now take you to an extra-dimensional plane. One in which four teenage boys and one eldritch horror sit. Okay, before you roll up your characters, let me tell you a little bit about the campaign. I've had a little while to work on it, so I'm pretty proud of it. Shouldn't take more than about, oh, 20 years. Prepare to enter a world of deep horrors, where nightmares are like a dream as compared to the misery of your waking life. This isn't your baby horror stuff. No, this is true horror. The next wave of horror. Things you cannot unsee or unhear. Emoji horror. Greetings, this is Yalgar, Master of Death, and I regret to inform you that you've been listening to Friend of the Family. This is dumb. I don't know why you're doing that. But assuming you like the show, you can find more of them on strangeandunusual.com That's strange, letter N, unusual.com Or you can also find them on iTunes. There's also their Facebook, Strange and Unusual Productions, and they even have a Twitter, because they're lame like that, at FriendOTFamily. 